Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Ally Live. This is episode 64, and it is a brisk and bitter cold day here in Brooklyn, isn't it, Lucy? Yeah, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's tough. But before we dive into the show, and you know, I know I briefly introduced our special guest today, Lucy Beatrice, uh, I want to introduce you all to the Run With Ally Live podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already in the Apple Podcast Store, Apple, sorry, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and tells stories about how running impacts the mind, body, and the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So again, thank you for joining me today here on Run With Alley Live. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show so we could keep bringing our new special guests on here. And without further ado, I have Lucy Vegas here, and she is a model gone really, really speedy runner and athlete. So Lucy, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I am a fashion model turned athlete, and uh, it is kind of a crazy transition, but that's where I am in my life right now. And yeah, I'm happy to talk about it with you. I'm so excited to have you on the show. So, you know, first and foremost, I would love for you to just briefly introduce yourself, just who you are outside of running, what you're all about, and what you love about the sport. Um. So my name is Lucy Beatrix. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and that's where I was raised. And it happens to be where I was scouted as a teenager to be a model, where I was then brought to New York City, signed with a major agency when I was just um, a teen. And by the time I graduated high school, I was already set up um, traveling the world internationally, posing for every magazine, basically under the sun. I've been on the cover of Elle, I've been on the cover of Martha Stewart Weddings, I've been on the cover of several international magazines, and basically just set my life up for myself here in New York, and this is where I've been since 2007. 
But um, I transitioned to running about five years ago when I had nothing else to do to like clear my mind and happened to get pretty fast pretty quickly and started running some races. And before I knew it, I was within reach of an Olympic trials qualifying time. So that's basically what I'm putting my head down and focusing now on until 2024. Um, So yeah, that's basically where I'm at right now. That is a lot in a little period of time. And that's really, really cool. And very unique because you don't really see a lot of models go from one extreme to the next. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, first and foremost, Olympic trials. Wow. What event are you going for in the Olympic trials? Congratulations. Um, so it's kind of a goal, but um, my event of like the event that speaks to me is the 10 K. So the 10,000 meters on the track. But I think technically I'm closer to the marathon, but it just kind of depends on the day. Some days I'm more about the marathon, some days I'm more about the 10K. But lately I've been feeling more and more inclined to work towards the track since that seems to be what speaks to me right now. Wow. Okay. The 10K. So that is the Olympic trials qualifying time is 32 and change, something like that. Yeah, and um, they they do have to announce it officially. I think for 2020, it was 32.25. And now for the next cycle, they have standard. But I'm, I'm anticipating it to be kind of around there, around that 32-minute mark. Wow, okay. That is super sweetie. You got to have wheels for that one. Uh, I can't wait yeah. to get a track work on it with you soon and chase <laughs> you around the track. Um, so I would love to hear, how are you preparing like for that? Or, you know, if you're not in a training block right now, how are you maintaining your conditioning? So this is technically the off season for me. Um, I'll probably start racing again this spring, but, um, I'm just keeping a base, which means running anywhere from eight to 12 miles a day. And that includes hard days a week, but most of the days are just kind of easy mileage, staying consistent. And even incorporating things like strength work, which obviously you're the person who's helping me and showing me the way of strength, which is something I've never really done before. So I'm actually excited to see how the strength will come into play on the track later on this season. You and I both, because you're going to be a superhuman when you put the strength and plyometric work to your running. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited to see this evolve <laughs> <laughs> right with you. Um, you know, uh, and. I love that you, you know, shared so many questions on your story yesterday, um, just kind of seeing what people want to hear about, you know, your kind of new life as an athlete. Um, so, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit um, as a distance runner, I'm sure, you know, it's really kind of difficult to maintain a healthy balance of nutrition and running and keeping, you know, everything kind of intact. So what are some kind of staples let's pick out three staples that you do to keep yourself kind of aligned with your nutrition and your sleep and your running daily um so i have a pretty um basic diet or like this i pretty much eat the same rotation of foods in any given week or month and some of my food rules happen to include just eating lots of different colors which is something that everyone talks about but i really truly try to eat the rainbow so things that like beets and then greens and then purple sweet potatoes, orange sweet potatoes, all the foods that I can think of that have different colors. Um, and I stick to a mostly whole food 
plant-based diet. But then again, I sometimes tack on fish and little um, of extra proteins on top of that. But mostly I'd say 75% of my diet is a whole food plant-based diet. But then um, on top of that, you can have the perfect diet, but if you're not sleeping and if you're not taking care of yourself in other ways and recovering, um, it doesn't really matter. So I try to do everything where I try to lock in and get my sleep within like eight hours a night and just overall keep my stress in the rest of my life outside of running pretty low, which means not taking on too much I, that I can't um, do it all. But like with work and stuff, I try to like keep my work relatively chill so that I'm not overexpending myself in other ways outside of the hard running. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you've hit roadblocks trying to do that balancing being an athlete with freelancing. And I know you've kind of like transitioned your, your work. So I'd love to hear what you do and, you know, tell the listeners on here, um, share with what you do, um, you know, with your work. That's really exciting. Yeah. I would say that I'm a combination of things as a freelancer but I would say I'm a storyteller. So I do a lot of freelance writing and telling stories. I've written for Tracksmith's blog called Meter and told the stories of other athletes going after big dreams, as well as told my own story. Um, and But more, more often than not, most days of the week, I'm in the photo studio at Bloomingdale's. I'm a freelancer there and I do work on the production side. So I'm one of the people who's helping organize, doing shoots, um, shooting mostly still life products, which is very different from my past as a fashion model where I was the subject. Now I'm the person behind the scenes, behind the camera, helping out shooting other stuff. So it's kind of cool that I'm still like in that world, but on the other side of things. And so, yeah, I just kind of like dance around from various projects and it usually involves a camera and um, telling stories and writing. So I kind of just incorporate all of my skills in that way to um, pick up jobs and work here in New York that way. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, it sounds like, you know, you you kind of are still doing what you love, but you are putting yourself out of the center of the spotlight in the modeling world and putting yourself more in the, you know, as a track athlete or, you know, a 10K athlete. Um, you know, you could go as much in depth in this as you want to, but has anyone ever you know kind of interrogated you a little bit and just said like maybe presume that you don't eat or you know ask you what you eat or ask you about your arctic ice or zero stories um you know and how have you kind of like managed any negative comments or you know handled positive ones too oh um i mean people say negative things about my food and my body on a daily basis. Like I, I hear stuff so often, even after I won a race for New York Roadrunners, which is a pretty big organization. I, I won this race over the summer and some of my comments after winning the race was about how my body looked and, you know, changes in my body people were noticing versus when I was just a fashion model on the runway versus now and how I just, I'm constantly filtering these comments. But at this point, I don't really care how my body looks in space as long as it's moving fast. And if anything, when people question my food as well, I just say, you know, I know that this works for me and it's what gets me out the door feeling good and having a spring in my steps. So that's why I eat this way, even if it might look like a lot on the outside. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. At this point in my life, I don't care as much just because I know what works. And I think that's been giving me a lot of fuel and confidence to eat the way that I do and just show up and look the way that I do. I love that. And, you know, I love your confidence that's coming across right now because I'm, first of all, I'm really sorry that you kind of have to deal with that backlash of people, you know, kind of making false assumptions, whereas I feel like people should be like, congratulations on winning this race versus like, oh my God, your body looks like too skinny, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, great. You know, how have you like, in all seriousness, how have you kind of handled not breaking down from that negativity? Or I mean, have you, and you know, have you kind of well, bounced back from it? I've had some specific, it's a kind of comment. So like when the person said the thing, so like I, when I had won that race, the thing that people were saying was, well, specifically one person said that like I had a bloated stomach. It was like I was in it. And so that was the kind of comment that I was like, okay, stop right there. You know, F you, I won the race. Like I kind of just had to like halt and just not overreact, but it did hit home. It did hurt a little bit. But um, I used it as fuel because I, you know, I, I think that sometimes society in general doesn't know how to talk about bodies and it's not any one person's fault. It's just our culture is kind of obsessed with picking apart um, different parts of people's bodies and then fixating on it. And that's, I mean, I learned about this in my background as a model, like people pointing at me and circling things in pictures and saying, well, she can't have this, she can't have that. So I'm just used to it. And I think I've learned how to conjure this sense of detachment from this physical form of myself and who I actually am, which has nothing to do with like my physical person. So that's, that's the way that I can kind of navigate any kind of negative body talk. You know, I love that. And you're right about like culture and just like, it's, I'm sure, I don't know a lot about the modeling world, but I'm sure, you know, it's very hurtful to have people circling parts of your body. And then, you know, you're trying to perform, like perform and you can't really perform with the body that's breaking, but as long as your body's strong, you know, what works best for you works best for you. I mean, if you could give someone, uh, advice, uh, in terms of, you know, someone who is struggling with this kind of stuff, what would it be like, you know, and they, you basically, you knew that they had a passion for running and maybe they have a similar background as you, um, you know, and they just, their confidence is a little shot right now. Um, I would say that if you take your goals, uh, less away from how something looks and more about what you're doing, uh, that makes it, it, it almost like eliminates the stress surrounding um, the outcome. So for example, if I was trying to train to be skinnier or look a certain way or look like some pro runner, that motivation would be coming from kind of a sad, dark place and would probably detract me or um, make me not want to get out of bed in the morning to go run at five in the morning and go do 12 miles. But because my focus and my goal is doing big, like breaking the tape at a race or getting the OTQ and the 10K, it I'm tethered to a more of a um, optimistic outcome than like an aesthetic outcome. And I think that's the thing that has helped me the most with all of it is just having something that's like doing something bigger than what it looks like. I love that. I love that. And, you know, um, thank you for sharing all this and being very vulnerable and, you know, to all the listeners on here, I hope that you're taking this advice to heart and, you know, understanding how that, you know, it's not about how you look, it's about how you feel. And Lucy's a really good example of that. And her performances truly reflect it. So Lucy, you know, 
I'm excited to see you go for this Olympic trials qualifying time. Okay. And yeah, I mean, and again, chase you on the track. Um, okay. um, but, you know, um, I also wanted to ask you, like, you kind of just touched upon earlier in this podcast episode, how what what running means for you and how you kind of channel everything around that. But has running kind of evolved um, in terms of the way you approach it ever since you started really competing and becoming fast versus when you started to use it to like when you started running to just kind of channel stress, it seems like. Like has running changed, I guess it's meaning for you ever since you started getting fast very simply put yeah i would say that running has changed um for over the time that i've gotten quicker the more that i've seen progress or like the, the fruits of my labors coming out in races and actually showing the time showing up I've become more calm about it, knowing that the outcome is waiting for me that I'm hoping for because I've seen it happen. And even just last year was this amazing example of having all of the times click and running the fastest time of my life. And it's because I had put so much time into training smart that it just, it all came together. So it's like now I'm trusting the process more because I've seen it work for myself in the past. Whereas in the past, I didn't know how things were going to go. I just happened to just follow and like, okay, I hope that all these track workouts come to play on the, on the race day and whatever. But I, now that I can actually see how it works, I have a little bit more um, calmness inside of the hard days. Cause I know that it's just part of it. I love that. I love that. And you know, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think you would know a thing or two if you've gotten to where you are and running, you know, regardless. And so I have to ask, um, I know you've recently gotten into coaching. And so, you know, I, I love, I love that. I love your energy um, when, you know, that I've seen you coaching people and, you know, how did that kind of evolve? Like, how'd your mindset kind of switch from, you know, runner into maybe like thinking like, oh, I want to coach people to do the same thing that I love doing. So it was the summer of 20, what was it? It was summer of 20. 21 I was like it was over a year and a half ago um a woman came to me she saw me on the track running she actually saw me the day that I ran 76 miles straight on the track um when I did this stunt um and she was like I want you to be my coach and I had never coached anyone before but I started working with her every week and we would hit the track do speed workouts and I kind of showed her the way of how to get out there and run strong but then um, I, uh, that, that evolved. And the more I was posting about coaching this one athlete, she shared it with her friends and different people came to me. And so now I actually have a roster of athletes that I've coached um, to uh, their goals. And I've seen, I've seen amazing things happen with some of the athletes that I've coached. But lately, I've been focusing a lot on very individualized um, athletes. I don't take on everyone, but I take on specific athletes that I feel like I can relate to either what they're training towards or their background of not being an athlete the way I was, or just they have that spark that it, it inspires me. So I want to be working with them because it makes me want to work hard. So yeah, that, that's kind of how the coaching thing happened. And since then, that's actually given me a lot of um, interesting perspectives on my own running and made me a better runner. So yeah, it's kind of worked both ways where I'm coaching, but then they coach my, my athletes are coaching me in um, a cerebral way at the same time. 
Yeah, you know, I love that. And that honestly, you're going to be a great coach because of that, because that just like your passion just shows right there. I mean, your athletes inspire you. That is, I think any, any runner would want to hear that, including myself. Uh, You know, I mean, I coach full time too. And I, yeah, I just, I love that. And that inspires me, you know, Wow. Wow. I love that. And, you know, I love that you're choosy and you pick which athletes you want to work with, because that says a lot about you. Um, so I have to ask this, would you ever drop an athlete if they weren't performing or would you maybe approach them and be like, Hey, what's going on? I've dropped, I've dropped a lot of athletes actually, um, over the past year and a half, um, people. So like the thing is, is like, and I'm on good terms with them still. Like they, I've always said to every athlete that I don't want to work with any longer, they can still use me as a resource and I can be their friend for sure. But that the kind of individualized coaching that I do with athletes, if an athlete doesn't run the prescribed workouts, not even if they don't hit the pace, but if they just don't run them after two weeks, I'm kind of like, this isn't this isn't working anymore. Cause it's like, I need to see at least some kind of effort on their end. So yeah, I've broken up with athletes in that way, but we've always ended up staying on good terms and we still talk and catch up and stuff. And sometimes some runners just don't, they, they think they want to coach, but then when they actually have someone checking in all the time, it stresses them out. And I've, I've been that athlete before um, with other coaches. So I know what it feels like and I don't take it personally if, you know, someone just isn't feeling it. But, um, but that said, then I also have the exact opposite of that, of athletes who they love having check-ins. And those are the kinds of runners that um, I've stuck with this, you know, this whole time and through different seasons and stuff. And I feel like I, I like it when it's an equal exchange of both I'm excited and they're excited at the same level. That's, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I have to say I have a similar roster of athletes myself. You know, that they're just, if not like, they're just as passionate about their running and sometimes even my running. And I'm like, whoa, like how'd I get this lucky to coach such amazing people that are just so passionate about this sport, you know? And I know you came to running later in life. So, um, you know, that being said, do you tend to coach runners that are, you know, have a background of track and field, have a background of modeling, um, I know like who you target, um, but yeah, just who do you like, who are, who's your, basically who's your roster made up the, right now? My athletes are usually beginners um, or people who have never touched the track before in their life. And I'm the first one to like show them the track, but um, that's typically who I coach. There have been a few who maybe ran briefly in like high school or something, but mostly it's people who were not athletic um, before. And the, they're my favorite. Like I have one athlete named Jane who, she she was a pretty much a beginner and we have worked together to like work on her 5k and her mile and just seeing the progress so quickly just by doing the littlest bits of speed work that you know maybe she didn't even know how to do before um it's been really amazing to see just like introducing just like tiny things or even just running easy mileage way slower than you think you're supposed to and then running speed days like you know just the little little tiny things quickly will like show progress. So those are usually the kinds of athletes that I like are the, the beginners. So, wow. So you're so beginner like to running or beginner to speed. Beginner to running and, um, and speed too. Cause obviously if they weren't running very much before they didn't really know speed work, but then there are a few people who maybe they were running just kind of like here and there, 
on their own, but they never knew the different gears. And then like, I'm the one who shows them the different gears. I love yeah. that. Um, so cool. Um, so beginner runners, um, have you ever coached marathon runners? Yes. Um, I coached several athletes through the marathon, this past, the New York marathon this past um, season. And that was a trip uh, because um, as, it's funny as a coach and you probably know this too, but like when you watch athletes do something that you're not the, that's not your strength, but you know, the science behind it, it's kind of like uh, you just kind of hope that all the puzzle pieces come together on race day, just as much as the athlete does. You're sitting there as a coach, stressing, hoping that it works. And luckily for me watching my athletes, it worked. And so I have, I like, I was very validated to see like, if we follow a certain plan um, that it will show up on race day and just giving the, giving the motivation to the athlete the night before the race. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of a rewarding experience and especially as a runner to think, okay, then next time, hopefully one day I'll apply this to my own marathon. But, um, but yeah, I definitely, the marathon is its own thing. Um, and it's, there are so many variables that you just hope that the plan is locked in and the like, whatever I can do to get the motivation out there, but everything else, you just hope that it works. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love coaching. The marathon is my favorite thing to coach anyone through and to, you know, run actually. Um, so I get that. And it's, it can be overwhelming. Um, but at the same time, I love that. Yeah. Watching the science come together and feeding off of the energy, especially the New York city marathon. Like I there's it's, it's electric that day. I mean, and just showing up there and, you know, seeing almost like your babies, right. Complete their first 26.2 mile race. It's like, you want to cry. Right. And just, it's, it's very rewarding in its own way, but just as a miler, it's the same thing, but different. Um, so that leads me to my second to last question for you. Um, so what is your favorite event to coach? My favorite event to coach is probably the 5K, only because there is so much, um, there's a lot that goes into it that people don't expect with like just having the endurance. Because it's okay, it's short for some people, long for other people. But um, I, I like that it's like this perfect middle distance, especially for beginners or elites. Like it is the way to test your speed and your endurance at the same time. and. Yeah, I mean, I, I find the 5K personally as a really amazing challenge. So having coach runners through time trials, especially over the pandemic when we didn't have races, I was doing time trials like every other weekend with my app and helping them just like chip away at that 5K time. Um, yeah, I think that's a really approachable distance for pretty much every level of runner. And that's why I like it so much. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I find that just really you know, I might want to do a trial time trial with you because the 5k is probably my personal weakness event. And I'm just like sitting here like, wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know, so how do you help runners like as a baseline staple with speed, like say like someone, you know, comes to you and I know everything's very customized, but you know, what's like kind of like one staple in, in Lucy's overall like repertoire I to help someone run a faster 5k? The first track workout I would have someone do for like a 5k block probably would be somewhere between eight, uh, 800s or 400s. So one or two laps on the track, depending on the athlete. 
Um, but it would be where we just do something so simple, like eight by 400 meter repeats with like a minute standing rest, just to see if we can do the 400s a little bit faster than goal 5k pace. And, um, yeah, that would be just be, it would be so simple. Um, I've done that workout before with basically every one of my athletes that I coach in person where we just do 400s. And, um, yeah, and that, that in itself is like a rust buster workout because you're going pretty fast because it's a short interval, but it also, um, shows people that they can hit that speed and then they get comfortable and they're like, oh yeah, okay, this isn't the craziest thing of all time to be at like a six minute mile pace or something that they've never touched before. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm just thinking about the track. Ow. Different kind of hurt. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I, I love that. Um, and, you know, um, you said, you know, building your base. So how do you build your base with your beginner runners? How do you build the base with them? Like what, what mileage do you typically start them out that? And if that's a range, you could share that as well. So typically with like most beginner runners, I'll do every other day of running. So it's anywhere from three to four days a week of running. And then if they feel like they want to do more on the other days, I'll say, fine, go to the gym and do a 30 minute bike ride or a 30 minute elliptical, not impact. But on the, every other day of running, it'll be anywhere from 20, 20, sometimes up to 40 minutes of easy pace running. And that's like the foundation. So like even for this week, I my athlete first week back the break of Christmas break and stuff. And so I'm having her do every other day, 20 minutes, easy. That's it. And like that's pretty much just like laying the foundation. And then we'll go back and on top of that, little hits of speed. Um, but it's basically just every other day, chill pace running. I love that. I love that. Um, and do you find that, you know, athletes don't kind of sway away from injuries that way that you've had experience of coaching? Yeah. Well, so the every other day method kind of goes back to never doing two hard days in a row. And so for myself, I've learned this the hard way of just letting you do something like even running itself is hard. So like doing a run and then having a day off and then run, running and having a day off. But then as that evolves, it's more of you sandwich your hard days with your easy days. So if you're running five, six days a week, it's like if you do an easy day, then you have a hard day next to it. Like it's you never have too hard in a row. But um, but I've noticed that with like also just insulating any hard effort with lots of easy mileage. That's the way to stay injury free, in my opinion, because it's, it's worked for myself. It's worked with athletes I've, I've seen. Um, but yeah, like having a lot of easy mileage is really important because people get carried away where they'll see a fast time and then think that they always have to run at seven minute mile. And it's like, no, 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 you should save that for the one or two hard days a week. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I love how you put that. That's as ah, excellently put. And, you know, I mean, um, me too. I used to run like all my recovery runs at like way too fast and used to like bomb all my workouts. And then I was like, why is this happening? Because, you know, our yeah. robot, our bodies aren't robots or we're not like robotics. So um, would you, you know, now taking it back to your own running, um, do you take a rest day from running? It's okay if you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I take rest days every week. I probably take a rest day every six days or something. But um, like full rest, no, no running and no activity at all. Um, I did on Sunday and like the Monday before, but like it's usually Sunday or Monday. But, um, yeah, I, I actually am the fastest I've ever been when I take, um, when I take one to two rest days a week. Uh, I'll, so like sometimes, you know, I'm only running five, five days a week, 
but but my qual my mileage is very quality instead of quantity. And um, I think that that's really served me a lot. So yeah. What do you wouldn't you say your mileage is quality over quantity? Um, what can you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So like I see a lot of like uh, other runners that will run like seventy miles a week, but then they're not hitting really fast tempo runs um or they'll like they'll run like you know all this mileage like 10 miles a day but then they're not hitting the paces uh one to two days a week that are really going to show like up on race day and so for me i'd rather run 50 miles a week but have two of those runs be really quality and feel like um like you know like substantial so that's at least just how I work. And I think that like my lower mileage also accounts for all the time on my feet with my job or like other stuff, whereas other people might be able to run more if they're just like sitting all day or something. But, um, but yeah, so like I keep my mileage relatively low considering like the kind of times I put down during my races. Yeah, no, I love that. And you know, the reason why I asked you to dig into that a little is because it, it looks like that, you know, the proper proportion of, you know, your overall running is allotted to quality workouts, tempo runs or speed work. And then the rest is recovery running or just an easier pace that is aerobic for you. And you're keeping your heart rate under 140 beats per minute, probably for you. Just thinking off the top of my head, your age. Yeah. Um, and you know, I love that. And that's training so smart and yeah, not killing your body and you're doing great. And I'm excited to see the best to come because it's ahead of you. And so, you know, um, that, you know, brings me to um, my last question on the podcast. Um, if you could leave everybody here with one takeaway or just one thing that, you know, they'd like to, you'd like them to know um, from your episode, what would it be? Well, I have my mantra that everybody who I coach and a lot of my people who follow me on Instagram know that I say all day, every day, and that's just be fast, just win. And I, I always get messages who say they were in the middle of a workout and they were thinking just be fast, just win, because it's something that I always say. Um, but I mean it when I say it, and I think it's something that you'll you'll catch yourself muttering it to yourself at the end of a run and be like, okay, yeah, there's something to that. Because it's it's silly and cheeky, but it, it motivates and it motivates you just when you need it. So yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you. So just be fast, guys, and just win, right? yeah (laughs) I love that I love that it's a great mantra and I'm gonna you know say that the next after my next workout tomorrow so I can't wait for it and uh and Lucy thank you so much for um joining me today on run with Allie live and to the listeners on here thank you so much for joining us and this podcast episode will be up with links to contact Lucy um just be mindful of her time and yeah I will um, update everyone when this is ready to go in the Apple store. And other than that, I will see you at the same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for joining and have a great day. Thanks so much, Lucy. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. 
please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Allie Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Allie Live. See you next time.